Welcome to Broad's Books and Booze. This is your host, Jeannie and Monica. <laughs> Hello, friends. Long time no see. We're a little bit late this month. However, uh, due to the coronavirus uh, quarantine, we've had difficulty getting access to materials and each other. We are back today with a book called Natural Disaster, I Cover Them, I Am One by Ginger Z. Do you want to go over the book a little bit, Monica? Yes, I thought the book was really good and I actually identify and have been called by a past boyfriend a beautiful disaster, oh. which at the time I thought was a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not quite so sure. <laughs> so, it's a story of decisions and how the decisions that you make affect your life and how sometimes you need a little help along the way. And I thought it was really great because it takes place in the Midwest, so I'm really familiar with a lot of the areas and a lot of the people and stuff that were in the book. And I can't wait to talk about it. So Ginger Z is originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan, so she's a local gal to us. She uh, decides that she loves uh, the weather and storms because of her mother's boyfriend. Well, I forgot what she called him. Uh, Dickhead? Dickhead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had this beautiful beach house on Lake Michigan in South Haven and they would just see the storms coming in off of Lake Michigan and she was awed and wondered by it and began to have this love of weather and meteorology. So she's uh, on like top level, she's a meteorologist, she works in TV and there's a, a lot of stories about that. That's why she talks about natural disaster, how she follows them. And then the second layer is that she has a lot of mental health issues. She is also a natural disaster. Yeah, and I think we both will have a unique perspective on this because as we were talking about before this recording is neither one of us really watched Good Morning America. I didn't really know anything about her before I read the book. So I kind of came into it as I'm reading her story just as I would any other person who I didn't know. And I liked her. I liked as her a, a lot. person I really liked her a lot as a person and I will say that as I was getting I was getting to about the point where I was like you call these disasters and then <laughs> and then the second half of the book was a little bit more um, deeper layered say than than the first half so it kept my attention and and it was very interesting and I liked her a lot so the beginning of the book she starts off as a runaway bride which uh, I was like oh if only I had been a runaway bride <laughs> yeah I highlighted something um, about that and one of the highlights was I also never gave him a chance to express whether that would work or not work for him or for us instead I avoided confrontation and just let the engagement go on Okay, 
And then another point that she makes is, now please don't understand me, all of this grown-up self-awareness is nothing but hindsight. So I, I think that was the first time I related to her was getting yourself into situations and just letting them continue because it's preferable than, than having a confrontation at all. I have a huge problem with confrontation. And, you know, at the time you don't realize these decisions are setting the course for your entire life. And unlike her, you know, I didn't begin making these conscious decisions until much, much later. <laughs> Right. Ginger does have the advantage that she starts in her 20s mm -hmm. of making these decisions, realizing, you know, this guy's a, a great guy. He's a good person. We're just not a right fit. And uh, I'm not going to be happy with what's going to make him happy. Yeah. So she, she at least has that insight and she's she realizes, you know, she has a lot of work to do on herself. Um, a little bit later when she starts seeing the psychiatrist full-time she's closer to 30 I think at that point well her attitude about this relationship with her husband and almost getting married reminded me of a very profound I think I've mentioned it before Elizabeth Gilbert saved my life and one of her quotes was the only thing worse than staying was leaving and the only thing worse than leaving was staying you know and that's kind of the feel that I got with her about this engagement is it's like I can't leave him I can't hurt all these people and I really care about him but I can't stay with him I'm going crazy I'm gonna lose myself you know and I think that's a dilemma obviously that a lot of women go through this between what we're supposed to do what we're expected to do right what right. we get our approval from you know seems like she had a pretty understanding family if her family had not been so supportive of her calling off this wedding, that could have gone a whole nother way. Completely. Her her parents were married. Um, her mother is very confrontational, and her dad is like the exact opposite. They ended up uh, getting divorced and both remarried in her childhood. Her parents both then had additional children with their second marriages. So Ginger and what was it, her, she has a sister and a brother? I, yeah, Either, I'm not really sure. Yeah. There's large age differences right. between them. So she said that she felt sort of left out of these new families. Mm -hmm. And her way of coping was to uh, be perfect. Yes. So that that is, perfectionism is definitely a personality flaw I can identify with well and it is a, a coping mechanism too and in childhood we do learn we tend to go one way or another we either um, tend to be perfect or try and do everything other people want us to do to get love and approval or we decide nothing matters nobody's gonna love me or approve of me anyway I'm the only one who matters and that's how you get that dynamic of like the narcissist and the codependent. They both have like the same wounding, but they're learn to cope with it in totally different ways. Thank Anyways, you, <laughs> I do not have a degree in psychology. <laughs> I read a lot of self-help books. <laughs> I also read a lot of self-help books. 
I, I, I think I'm earmarked one self-help book every month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I find they do really help. I am a lot more self-aware than I was before. Yes. Yes. So I recommend it. Oh, and as just a, a, a slight uh, step back from our last podcast book, uh, Radical Com- Compassion, Monica and I have both found that still very helpful and very useful, and we have continued to use the RAIN technique. So we really do recommend that book to uh, everyone out there. I use the RAIN technique every day, multiple times a day. It is probably the best, most easiest process to use that I've yet to come across. Uh, and it seems to just continue to be uh, more of in need with each day of 2020. It's been a <laughs> it's crazy been a year. Yeah. <laughs> Tum- dumpster yes. fire. <laughs> yeah, it really has. So, back to natural disaster. Z, uh, she talks about her first hints of depression uh, when she's in college, right? Going to Valpo University. Mm-hmm. And then um, she's like, uh, I, I don't have time to cope with this. I have all these ambitions. And she's just like, I'm just going to keep pushing forward. And once I get this, then I'll, I'll find the happiness. And once I get there, I'll find the happiness. And she goes from her first job in Flint. And uh, that's, you know, not a great place for her. I mean, she learned a lot of things there uh, work-wise. But, like, personally-wise, she was, it wasn't a great spot for her. So she got a dog. And then she moves back to her hometown of Grand Rapids, and she's uh, meets her best friend there. I forgot his name. Oh, I can't remember either. Brad, maybe. Brad, yeah. Okay. Yeah, her gay best friend who they almost dated, kind of thing. They dated. Oh, <laughs> uh, briefly got engaged when she decided she didn't want to be with Joe. <laughs> And now they laugh about it. <laughs> yeah. So she, oh yeah, chapter seven is Brad. She meets Brad and they, uh, they sort of form this uh, emotional relationship that help each other cope with the, um, the trauma that's going on in their lives. So she forms this lifelong friendship with him. I gotta admit, when I very first um, really liked her, was that she admitted that they bonded on cigarette breaks. (laughs) I feel like our lives have a lot of parallels and, you know, you know, it's a chance to get outside and get away. And plus she was narcoleptic. So it helped her. She wasn't a smoker. She just, you know, it was a coping mechanism or whatever. But right then and there for her admitting that in her book, I was like, I'm going to like you. (laughs) Nice. Mm. That was nice. So she's she's under contract with uh, Wood TV in Grand Rapids, but she's called to do an interview in Chicago, and she's like, oh, uh, of course I will. So she goes to Chicago, and she's treated to this grand treatment. She's, you know, like, uh, every luxury that was, you know, available, she's like eating it up she's like I belong in Chicago this is where I need to be this is you know amazing and uh, uh, a newspaper ran ads about it and like how she was stabbing with TV in the back by going to Chicago and talking to these people and her boss was like I'm never letting you out of this contract 
Yeah, and it's weird. I around that time frame. I lived in Kalamazoo. I watched Wood TV. All the names of the anchors and everything that she discussed in the book. I was like, I remember him from TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of her personality, like going on that interview and stuff like that, um, a lot of her personality is like jump first and then deal with the consequences later. Like she doesn't have a lot of foresight or... Um, which is how I live my life. <laughs> like, I I totally get it. It's like she's it's impulsive and she acts from the heart. And she doesn't have these bad intentions. She didn't intend to stab them in the back. But then she's like, ooh, I can see how that would look like that. Like, I did stab them in the back. And then everything's a mess. And that's where the natural disaster comes from. And I get it. <laughs> like, I totally, totally get it. And I think I had a quote that was kind of relevant pulled up and she said and then I did another thing natural disasters do all the time get really mad at ourselves for making stupid choices especially the ones that seem like a really great fit at the time so it's like yeah it's a great choice I'm gonna go on this interview I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that but there's not a lot of that foresight and planning and maybe you know asking yourself what if I did this what you know what could go wrong what could go right like the things that grown-ups should do I guess right self-awareness about possible future outcomes yeah. from these choices yeah. right that's a tough skill for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but she she falls in love with Chicago she decides she really wants to live in Chicago and this is what she needs in her life and uh, a company sees her they're like oh um we're going to go ahead and pay the money to break your contract, which was a crazy amount. It was like $25,000. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I can't believe this is happening. This is so amazing. She moves to Chicago and she finds she's really lonely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, sometimes getting everything that you want, especially when you're a perfectionist and you're working towards something and you have all these goals, but it's the, it's the working towards it. That's, helping you avoid your feelings and cope. It's, it's not the attaining of it that is where your happiness is. Like your happiness isn't somewhere in the future. It's either right now where you are or it's never. Because <laughs> now is the only time that's real. <laughs> right. She starts dating the politician. I actually... We're, I swear I'm not going to go on with these quotes every other word, but I literally was just looking at this about the politician, and she says, you think all of this would have been enough for me to end it with the politician, but I took our relationship on as some kind of a challenge. Again. <laughs> yes. I get it. <laughs> yes. I get it. I get it, too. Yeah. And so at what point, you know, where do we learn this? Where do we learn that the relationship in itself is our responsibility to, to salvage and to make work. Why don't we learn that how we're feeling in the situation is the important factor? You know, why is the end more important than how you feel? Why is it the, I, I don't understand how that, why that is so common. I don't know if it was some sort of like biological drive that women have to you know, have that partner is, you know, it's like part of our hormones driving us to, to have, you know, somebody 
to be our partners so that we can have kids with and it causes us to make poor choices. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, but it was, it was, it was bad. It and was that's real why bad. I think she does feel so disastrous and so much like a storm is because her life, it seems like has always been this really wild mix of all these great things that are happening combined with all these horrifying things that are happening. You know, it's like that up and down and that unpredictability. Right. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and she admits that she has um, a hard time staying in one relationship. And, uh, like, she lives in Chicago only a few years, like maybe three years. Mm-hmm. And she moves, like, four or five times. She moves from different apartment to different apartment. She decides that she wants to to move into this fancy apartment and have all the walls painted <laughs> in different I color. so hard. What did she call it? The Skittles apartment? The Skittles apartment. apartment. <laughs> yeah. Every wall is a different color. And her dad was like, you did this on purpose? And she's like, and I like it. She's like, See, secretly, I hated it. It was awful. But I was a grown-up, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and that keeps coming up a lot, too. It's like, it's like that I trying to have to tell yourself I am a grown-up. I am 45 years old. I do not feel any different than I did in high school. Like, I... It's that that feeling of having to convince yourself that you are a (laughs) grown-up. I can totally relate to that, too. (laughs) Last summer, my neighbor came over to me. She had burned herself, and she didn't know what to do. And I was like, I'm the grown-up? People are coming to you for help? I mean, like, my neighbor's in her 20s. She's yeah. She's got um, two younger kids. And I was just sort of like, oh, I, I guess I am the grown-up over here. <laughs> How huh. did this happen? Yeah. I, I have been really adulting lately, though, this entire month. Um, I went to the dentist. I made a doctor's appointment. I'm, uh, I'm trying to eat better and work out because I need to get blood work done. Uh, and I plan on going and having that done before my well visit at the end of the month and I'm getting house repairs done and uh, I'm just waiting on the construction guys to come back to finish up one little thing and then I'm going to have a friend paint for me so I like feel like I'm really doing this adult stuff this month it's like going well uh, we'll see how long that continues for <laughs> yeah I did I feel pretty adult about my yard we got our our yard is looking the best that it's ever looked the entire time we've lived there, and believe me, it's not perfect, but it took a lot of work and everything, and so I feel pretty proud about that, um, but above and beyond that, dumpster fire, just like the rest <laughs> of 2020. <laughs> Do you have a tiny little uh, herb garden that I started? Yeah. And then I made a little memorial garden for my cat that passed away last fall. You've been busy over here. Yeah, so uh, I've been, I've been, oh, so, so incredibly busy, and I am so happy that all of our schoolwork is finally done. Thank God. So, ah, so, back to the book. Uh, Oh, chapter 11, she talks about trolls in the TV and I really liked how sh- she responds to internet trolls. I do too. Yeah. She uh, she said that uh, she got a complaint from uh, a woman 
about how her outfit was ill-fitting and uh, she responded back to the one like um, I have a hard time finding clothes that fit well that are inexpensive and if you have any ideas and suggestions about you know where I could possibly shop at and things like that and you know flattering colors uh, please let me know I would be very receptive to that and she said that woman became one of her top fans I will say I learned from her in this because I think as human beings our natural reaction is to become defensive right and using the rain technique from the last book you can stop yourself and say why am I feeling this way why am I feeling so defensive where is that coming from and then instead of being defensive you can learn how to communicate and I had made a post um, and I shared it from a friend and um, way too big of an issue to bring up in the podcast but whatever somebody else had disagreed with what I was saying and instead of what I would usually do which is just block them you know I really thought about my responses and I really tried to express myself and my intentions of the post and I even said perhaps we you've misunderstood me you know this is not what I meant this is what I'm and anyways we ended up having a great conversation and she ended up liking a bunch of other stuff on my page which if I had went with my initial reaction it would have been a fight and I will say 1000% I was thinking about that part in the book where she was disarming her internet trolls oh. and I thought let's really really think about how you want to react here right. <laughs> so well her her job is a customer face like literally her face is part of the product and so she wants to always respond to the brand positively and mm -hmm. I thought that was fantastic and I was super impressed to be honest <laughs> yeah as far as disasters go in a lot of ways she really had her shit together in a lot of ways <laughs> there's very certain areas in her life that um you know that were sort of on the fence that could have probably I think her career is most important to her and for the most part she's, she's been impeccable well. in her standards for her career and working hard but it's just sometimes your personal life can bleed through and affect your career right and luckily she was able to become aware enough to not let that kind of stuff happen right she starts uh, day drinking and going into work and one of the makeup artists was like, have you been drinking? And she's like, oh, I had brunch with the girls, you know. Mm -hmm. I thought that was another great point that she brought up because um, another way in which I related to her is alcohol can be used as a coping mechanism. Doesn't always necessarily mean you're an alcoholic. Some people are alcoholics and alcoholism is real and something that needs to be dealt with some people use alcohol as a coping mechanism and say if alcohol is not available they don't need the alcohol maybe they'll binge watch something on tv or some that that distraction that distract this distraction from what you should be thinking about from the reality of what is was another way i was like oh, dang <laughs> why do you keep calling me out through this whole book <laughs> so she she ends up going to uh, New York where she really, really wants to work for NBC. She interviews with NBC and uh, they, they decide that they're not going to hire her and it's not a fit. And she was really 
bummed out about it. So um, she then interviews with Fox, I think, and ABC. Um, it was two other networks. And she ends up getting hired by ABC. And um, it was like a week or two weeks before she's supposed to start working there. She has like a um, mental breakdown and ends up um, going inpatient therapy for a, what was it, a one week in therapy? Yes. And so this is the part of the book where I, a part of me got a little um, defensive about where is this mental, this mysterious mental health facility where you can just walk on, in on the street and check yourself in. Like though that's not available to probably 90% of the population. Like in order to get into a psychiatric facility, you have to probably go through the emergency room. Like you're not gonna just check yourself into a posh little mental health facility unless you have the money and the means to do so, which I'm glad she did. I think it should be available to everybody. This part of the book, I got a little irritated. And you know, she had access to a really great therapist that she got to talk to for like two hours a day, you know, I that she continued to be able to see afterwards, for months, where years afterwards. Mostly in mental health facilities, you are basically just monitored. You maybe get to talk to a doctor for 10 minutes, maybe twice, say in a week-long period of time. All I'm saying is she was extremely lucky Yes. To, to have that experience that she did. And I'm sure it was a terrible experience. I'm sure she was going through a lot and she needed to be there. But a lot of her story, a lot of things fell into place for her where if it were anybody else who their, their life could have been totally derailed. Right. Those so, resources aren't available to most mm, people. Yes, they are definitely not. So although I liked her a lot and I was really glad she was able to do that, in this section I wish she would have taken a little bit more of a stand on the accessibility of quality mental health for everyone because it's not there. Anyways, and off stepping off soapbox now. <laughs> well, it, uh, her was it her mom that flew out, helped move her into an apartment, mm -hmm. and helped find the facility for her. She she did even do this all on her own. Right. She had family help, and yeah, it was resources that weren't accessible to just anybody right so she was very very lucky and that she had the um the family support the family yeah. support and the resources to be able to do those things so right. she felt like she was walking into this new job a hot mess her dream job which she's been working years to get to mm -hmm. but she's put in all this energy into it she uh and then she has this mental breakdown. And I was like, what? Are you even having a mental breakdown? I'm like, seriously, your life is going so well for you. What is the, what's the deal? Well, and that's where I can totally get it because I realize sometimes that you don't have to have a reason to like be crazy. Sometimes <laughs> you're just crazy. But I think for her, I don't know if she ever came right out and said it. I really feel like her job was where she did what she was supposed to do and was the perfect, right? And her relationships where she was really a little bit more authentically expressing her feelings and what was 
going on inside of her. So what she had to learn how to do was kind of like integrate those two things. Like, you know, I don't have to be perfect to be successful, right? Right. And also, I don't have to be a disaster in my personal life to be happy. She does talk a lot about how she has a hard time saying no. Yeah. And uh, especially when it comes to work, mm -hmm. uh, anything work said to her, they said yes to, which involved, you know, being awake for days at a time, traveling to crazy places. Paragliding. I'm sorry. I'm one of those people where if it's like, would you bungee jump off this bridge for a million dollars, two million, five million, my answer is always going to be no. <laughs> right, right. She, she's uh, like seven weeks pregnant, travels to the Philippines yeah. to go into this cave in the middle of the jungle. And I'm like, what? Can't even go to the bathroom without a flashlight. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. It's like super dangerous. I'm like, mm, yeah. Yeah. But... <clears throat> Was it, was it the abusive relationship ending? Is that why she had the breakdown? I was a little confused about how that fit into the story because it's not like chronological. chronological. I, I'm not, you know, I, I don't, I've read a few books since I've read this one, so it's not really fresh in my mind. I don't really remember. I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. Um, and that whole, that whole abusive boyfriend thing, especially the mental abuse, you know, when you're physically abused, at least you have the proof that you're being abused. But that mental abuse and the gaslight and everything, like, that can really make you feel crazy. And that's another way where it's like, you know, her mother was able to tell her, you know, you need to get away from him. You need to call the police. Sometimes we need that permission because we question our reality and ourselves and our thoughts. And we're like, am I making this up? Am I really terrible? Do I deserve this? Like... Um, is this serious enough to call the police? Should I trouble them over me? You know what I mean? Right, I think her, right. one of her biggest assets has been that she has a great support system. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, she probably had a lot of trauma, you know, even if that wasn't the reason why she checked herself in before she took that new job, I'm sure it had a lot to do with it. Because I was pretty sure she had that relationship in Chicago. And then she moves to New York where she meets her husband. Right. And which the new job, I don't even think we mentioned, was Good Morning America. So, like, you know, most of you who are listening to it probably know who she is, which we didn't <laughs> because we're nerds. <laughs> we just said our house in Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she did do a lot of cool things. I really did admire how adventurous she was. And willing to try new things and um, you know in a lot of those ways she's not like me but <laughs> she meets her her husband now and breaks up with him <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they get back together and then she breaks up with him again <laughs> and they get back together <laughs> like I think they break up three times yeah. before they get back together and they're like okay we're together and the best was when they went on vacation with Brad, the oh. best friend, almost ex-boyfriend. And, and she's like, is this weird? <laughs> this might be weird. <laughs> but they have a great time. And then she stays with Brad while 
her husband goes back to do whatever it is that he has to do and that was really great she's because she's had all these mistrustful and horrible and abusive relationships and he's like hey you know it's fine I like him I trust you like we're in this together if I you know if we can't trust each other what are we doing here and I was like wow you know yeah and then, and then Brad's like I know what you want you want my opinion and go ahead marry the guy right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but she she in one part of the book she dates this guy in New York who doesn't watch TV and she's like I don't trust anyone who doesn't watch TV and I was like well we could never be friends because I don't watch TV I don't even know who you are <laughs> oh isn't that the truth mm-hmm well, another little quote, one more that I wanted to say, because I really thought it was great, um, is she says, reality is very annoying, inconvenient, and distracting. Why would I pay attention to reality? That is no fun. <laughs> and so I really, like I said, even though I have some issues with sometimes, like, you know, maybe you should have mentioned a little bit more about you know, maybe some resources that could be used to, to benefit other people who didn't have what you have. But still, like her attitude and her sense of humor and and the stuff that she goes through, I can really relate to. I really, really liked her. I really liked her, too. <laughs> at, at the end of the book, uh, she does say, if you feel you're being depressed, uh, that uh, you need help to reach out. to find There is somebody that loves you. Reach out to your friends, reach out to your family. There is somebody in your life that does love you and that you're not alone. So I thought that was nice. And I think a lot of it too is her telling these little darker sides of herself would maybe perhaps make people who wouldn't normally admit to having a problem maybe feel like, okay, maybe I do need some help. So that is good. That is a good thing that she accomplished in writing her memoir. So, thumbs up. Definitely. Was there anything else? I don't think I had anything else. Okay. Well, that's two recommendations for a natural disaster. And we will see you or listen to us again next month. Yes. Bye. See ya.